More than a hundred years ago, in a mountain village in some place that's certainly not Texas, lived two dudes whose strange experiments with horror movies have since become legend. The legend is still told with horror the world over. It is The Legend of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. More Cushing for the Pushing Edition. Featuring Josh, your wizened professor of, I don't know, phrenology or something. And with him, as always, is his youthful apprentice, Pharaoh John Frankentwanger. Frankentwanger, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing quite well, thank you. <laughs> and, you're welcome. And you're... And you're and yourself? What was it, Lord Hofsenpfeffer? I don't. I didn't. Oh, I, for me, it was just a uh, uh, Josh. Just Josh, yeah. The, the wizened professor. Yeah, yeah. How are, how are you doing, oh wizened one? I'm doing quite well. I've been watching a lot of cool horror stuff. Excellent. That I'm excited about. We'll probably talk about some horror, some of those things uh, after we talk about this movie. But there's a lot of cool stuff going on, you know, in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a good time that was. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a great century that last one was. <laughs> wow. Yes. Let's let's go straight into it. We're talking about Terence Fisher's The Curse of Frankenstein from 1957. It is the first gory horror movie in color, specifically. Mm -hmm. Like, the first horror movie to show, like, blood and guts in color. So this is, like, the Wizard of Oz of horror. <laughs> and uh, apparently it was a huge hit. Like, they weren't expecting this to be a big deal, but then everyone got very excited for it, and Hammer Horror made a bunch of money off of it, and it kind of revitalized the genre, which had gone through a a lull after people were sick of being horrified uh, after World War II. That's really cool. Yeah, see, I didn't yeah, I didn't know anything about the history of the movie. I mean, I I you know, of course the the image of Christopher Lee as the monster is is pretty iconic, but I didn't, you know, I I've never been a big hammer guy, so I never really looked too much into it. And, and then it was one of those things where I was like watching the movie where I was like this movie is so bad and at the same time <laughs> so bad. At the, at the same time, it's it's got some some things in it that just that redeem it. But man, you really have to hang in there for that to happen. The directing is real bad, and it's it's like a stage play where mm -hmm. like almost everything is just on on a single level, and it's all just moving from left to right or right to left, and like they are not afraid to just watch a dude slowly walk across a room to reach that thing that he needed on the other side of the room that he could have just started in on that side of the room to start the scene but then the movie wouldn't have made it to 80 minutes <laughs> the curse of frankenstein a a, a side scrolling point and click adventure yes very much so <laughs> It's like the Ninja Turtles arcade game. Like, oh, now we're going over here. <laughs> and everything, everything it takes place on a a like plywood surface under which is a giant pocket of air. Because every time someone takes a step, it's like, <laughs> God, Jesus! The sound in this movie is so bad. It's really bad. I like how every once in a while they were like, all right, for this scene, we're going to require stairs. Now, don't get 
don't get scared, folks. This is, it's all right. You just have to either go up the stairs. We're mostly just going to be going upstairs. Every once in a while, you might have to go downstairs. Be careful. But uh, we'll we'll make it through together. <laughs> so Except for that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't worry, I've got this this recording of a single thunderclap. So if we need thunder anywhere, <laughs> we can just keep playing that sound over and over again. Yeah, do it on loop. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not a high quality film. Like filmmaking had surpassed this level by the time they made this movie. This is very much like a high school, like stage production of a thing, but with some really fucking cool stuff in yeah. there too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It is. It is. It is a cool movie. Ultimately, it's just. It's you know. It's one of those movies that definitely. Uh, shows its age. <laughs> oh yeah, and and looking at it now, it's it's you know it can be a bit of a struggle. Which I believe what you're trying to not directly say is this movie's kind of boring. It is kind of boring, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I usually don't get bored in horror films, but you know, I mean, I just saw Scrinkabadink, and then that was you know <laughs> nothing happens in it, but it was still scary. Yeah, I never I never really found it boring. I thought it was overlong, so maybe I did find it a little boring. But uh, <laughs> uh, but this this one, yeah. I mean, it was just it's like endless scenes of just. Uh, I must now go and fondle this globe of glass for ten minutes. It's like I really don't. You don't have to. Yeah, there there are literally lines in here where it's like, Paul, wait a moment, listen. I want to tell you something. It's like, oh, just fucking say the thing, guy. What the fuck are you doing, Paul? Let me hear you. Take a seat, Paul. I have something I must share. Listen to me Paul. well, Paul. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a big it's a big uh, touchstone in horror. This is the movie in which um, uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing met. Mm -hmm. Apparently, like they'd been in other movies together, but had never like been on set together. Oh wow! And apparently, their their meeting was when Christopher Lee barged into Peter Cushing's trailer and said. I have no lines. <laughs> and Peter Cushing's response was, you're lucky I've read the script. And I don't know why I can't do a Peter Cushing without making him sound like he's from New Zealand, but that's how it goes. Without making him sound like Peter Laurie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've read the script. <laughs> But yeah, so this was this was the beginning of their friendship and the beginning of their uh, Hammer film collaborative time. Apparently, this was also the first of three Hammer movies in a row in which Christopher Lee chokes Peter Cushing's character to the point that he got better at it. And uh, uh, Peter Cushing started like sucking on red lozenges before the scene so that his tongue would be red. Nice. Yeah, they definitely take advantage of the lurid color. Not, you know, and. It's not that the whole movie, the whole movie's in color, of course, but it's not luridly in color. But when they, you know, when they go for it, they go for it. It's, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> and and it's Christopher Lee. This is the first Christopher Lee movie we've done. And, like, I don't know about for you, John, but for me, Christopher Lee is, like, the guy. Yeah. Like, there are other guys. Like, Vincent Price is a guy. Peter Cushing is a guy. There are lots of, you know, the guys, but like Christopher Lee is the guy. Yes, he is pretty much the guy. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so fucking cool. Every everything like whenever I think of Christopher Lee, I think of Christopher Lee. But whenever I think of P Peter Cushing, he's, you know, his Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. 
and 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 the last two movies we've seen hasn't really fixed that. <laughs> no, no, no. I do like that this movie keeps up with the Peter Cushion is a flimsy little boy. <laughs> like the, there's like one scene where he has to run around and he is not good at that. No. No, he's so frail it's ridiculous. <laughs> I like the boy they choose to they chose to to play him like early on because he's so foppish. He's just mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you. It's like Jesus, where did you find that kid? <laughs> yeah, that that kid does not dress himself in the morning. <laughs> Woo, too much ribbon for one boy. That's a lot of ribbon for one young lad. <laughs> uh, he looks like a baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god so terrence fisher was uh i guess some kind of big deal director he directed a lot of these movies um and and a bunch of other stuff like he directed two episodes of the original mickey mouse club uh he directed wow. a bunch of like robin hood tv shows and movies and stuff but also things like the curse of the werewolf and the gorgon and dracula prince of darkness and and stuff like that so he he has a huge laundry list of like hammer horror movies and just stuff from all over the place nice yeah it's great this movie's cool it's just Kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it totally get and totally kicked off like a whole fuck ton of of Hammer Frankenstein movies. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They went nutty with that, I guess, because this one was such a hit. Yeah, and in in a lot of them, Peter Cushing played Victor Frankenstein, but this was the only one with Christopher Lee as the monster. Nice. And in one of them, Peter Cushing played Victor Frankenstein and the monster. I don't know. No. I haven't seen it, but. It's such an incredible, like, misuse of Christopher Lee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You could have any any tall, skinny guy do it, which is, I guess, why they ended up doing it with Peter Cushing. But you <laughs> I mean, you could literally just have anyone. It's not like he doesn't mean, like he said, he doesn't even fucking say anything. There's, there's a scene where he goes, <gasps> and that's about it. <laughs> which, I, yep. which I believe is when he announces what country he's from in the Miss World pageant. <laughs> have you seen that video? I don't get that reference at all. There's this there they had like the Miss Miss World or whatever and it's all it's just this montage of all the women announcing what country they're for. They're like Argentina. <laughs> and they just they're good. They go through the whole list and everyone sounds ridiculous like China. And then they <laughs> they Colombia and then they get to the French girl and she and it's like ah! <laughs> So, nice. Something happens to her voice, and that's all that comes out. <laughs> it's not even semi-verbal. It's just like Ecuador, Egypt. <laughs> wow, that is very French, though. Uh, it's incredible. <laughs> and she totally does the thing too, and she's got the sash. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll look that up. I'll see if I can get a link to that in the show notes. Oh, it's it's wonderful. So, yeah, there's that. And then oh, and then there's all the response videos, of course, which are oh yeah, yeah, the drag queens who have to do all of the in each yeah. each one. He's got a different outfit and wig. <laughs> it's like Aquador. <laughs> 
It's like, wow, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm sure there are a bunch of overdubs, too, where, like, probably, like, get overdubbed with the screaming goat noise and, you know, stuff like that. There's one where a guy's playing a violin, and then he stops. Right when he stops, that note, she yells, it's a perfect note for what he's not playing. Nice. <laughs> Just like... Oh, man. There are things about the internet that are really great, and that's probably yeah, that's the only it. one and right there. The rest is shite. <laughs> did you did you watch the uh, Hitchhiker with a Hatchet documentary? No. Oh. It's a documentary about that guy that went viral, like, back in 2013 because he was a, 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 a hitchhiker. He's homeless, and uh, he saved people from a dude that had gone crazy and, like, he he hit the dude in the head three times with a hatchet that he just had on him, and uh, and everyone fell in love with him because before he like he did a news interview and before he said anything else he talked about how every human being is worthy of love and stuff like this and he's just this like really broy hippie dude that saved people with an axe. Oh, I think I have seen um, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so they did a whole documentary about it because apparently now he's serving a 57-year jail sentence for murder. Oh. And uh, so, so they're doing a, they did a whole documentary about it, and it is the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen in a documentary oh, really? in my life. It's just, yeah, it's who wants some money and a few minutes in the spotlight to be in this documentary that is completely worthless. Like, they even have some guy... That's like in a band and said that that guy played with him in his band and said, oh, yeah, that guy confessed to a bunch of stuff. And then there's just like B-roll footage of him playing on his guitar. And it's like, we fuck this dude. Like they even said like the court documents are like, oh, no, everything like that dude said is fake. Like it's the worst documentary I've ever seen. It's just, it's like, yeah, it's just a documentary about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the people that they have on there is the lady that she's like the brains behind keeping up with the Kardashians, the reality TV show, because she wanted to make a reality TV show about this guy. Mm -hmm. But that never happened. And he never signed a deal to make that happen. So there's no reason for her to be on this documentary. They focus on her a lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love terrible media. Oh, my God. It's just people that want... Uh, Fuck it. We should talk about this movie. John, do you want to start us off on the, the, the spoilerific recaparoo? I would love to. Uh, let's hit it. Yes. So, so the movie opens... Ding. Oh, shit. Sorry. That's all right. It uh, enters with... Uh, opens and enters with... Yeah. Uh, off to a great start. Uh, really, really dramatic music. And uh, it's uh, like a red screen with gothic letters, which... Uh, Pretty much a hint. That's that's about that's about as hammer as you. It's blood red and has gothic letters. It's hammer. There you go. So, so there you go. We're watching a movie called The Curse of Frankenstein. It's made by Hammer. Um, MC Hammer. Okay. <laughs> so a cheesy wagon is uh, riding through the mountains of some weird gothic place that looks oddly like a backdrop painting, and. Yes! Um, they arrive at a castle where the bells ring really fucking long and annoying, and an, this old priest guy uh, is in the goes down into the castle. They take him down into the jail, and you know it's it's like every we've mentioned this 
uh, from the Witchfinder General where, like, they're always these sweaty, disgusting, like, goth... Every You know, all jails are gothic in England, apparently. So yeah. he goes down there. Uh, they're keeping Peter Cushing, Dr. Frankenstein, Dr. Victor Frankenstein down in there, um, who's completely out of his fucking gourd. Uh, and he's committed murder or, you know, supposedly, possibly committed murder. And he's trying to, you know, ex- he wants to tell his story to the priest because then he can, you know, get himself exonerated or whatever. So, uh, you must listen to me, sit down, please. Oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm so excited. And then <laughs> they, <laughs> then then we get the, and it's, then the rest of the movie up until the end is in golden flashback. <laughs> yep, yep. It's just a weird little frame narrative. <laughs> yep. So we 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 are. Well, let's see. We we go back to you know what blah and We sorry. <laughs> the uh, the young Victor Frankenstein has inherited. His family's fortune. Everybody died and left him this giant gothic fake castle and a whole lot of money. And what, oh, what could go wrong? But he's like, he's just this little snide little asshole who wears a lot of ribbon and talks like a girl. And I swore I thought he was a girl first. I didn't know who it was. I was like, who's this obnoxious girl (laughs) named Victor? (laughs) So... He inherits his place. Great. His, you know, uh, uh, it's, yeah. Okay. So it's really, it's really like that. It's like that to watch this movie. Like what, what's happening? Why? Okay. His, his aunt Sophie comes to meet him. Like he's like, now he's like the Lord who's, you know, you must come and lick my ring. And so she, she comes and she wants him to, she wants to make sure that he keeps paying her like, Money for no reason, just because she's his aunt, I guess. Don't worry. I mean, don't worry. I will continue to pay your money. And then her and his his cousin Elizabeth fuck off. So then a tutor arrives. Um, he wants to hire this tutor to teach him tutory stuff, and uh, so he hires the tutor, and they have a little tutory training montage scene with all the I'm learning. Look at my pencil. And then <laughs> they try on different different science outfits. <laughs> There's a scene where they're laughing and then they're in a hot tub and then, you know. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the the boy is now 800 years old and has turned into Peter Cushing. What the fuck is yeah. that? The doctor never changed a day, and Peter Cushing is now 900 years old. Yeah, I I love that they were like, you know what, we'll have Peter Cushing be the young man, and this other guy, we're gonna, like, sprinkle some fake gray on his uh, his, uh, sideburns to try to make him look older than Peter Cushing. (laughs) Dr. Paul (laughs) Krempe. So, that through me for a while. It took me a while to adjust to that, because I just lost it. Like, as soon as... It was just like, oh, we are training. Oh, you're doing so well. Oh, da, 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 da. I'm 900 years old. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I was like, suddenly... Okay, whatever. So now, yeah. they're doing some... They're having some laboratory business, and uh, he's got the he's got the most, like, badass pre-1960s uh, 
but but very 1960s looking laboratory with like beakers with like Kool-Aid of different colors and, you know, like lots of dry ice and yes. <laughs> giant plexiglass discs with white spokes point painted that oh, rotate in different directions to create that, that pattern. You know, it's like this is like, that thing was fucking cool. This is like the greatest <laughs> child's playground I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Just just. Fish tanks full of dry ice everywhere. Ah, it was great. Yeah. So, so they drain this one fish tank that's got like the dry ice in it, and there's this wet thing in it. So as a, as this juice drains out, then they take the panels out, and it's it's a puppy, <laughs> yeah. which which they they bring back from the dead, and then yeah. then there's this whole bunch of horseshit about how. Victor wants to create a new creature that he's going to... He essentially wants to fabricate the Ubermensch, is the way I saw it. And, yeah. you know, so he, he's going to he's gonna get parts from all these corpses and do this thing. And Paul's kind of like, bro, I think, like, maybe you took the teaching a little too close to heart. I, <laughs> maybe we need to go back and go over a few things. And Victor's like, fuck off. And so <laughs> off he goes to a gibbet to rob a robber rob to steal a robber's corpse yeah <laughs> which was pretty awesome it and was it was good he got he gets a pair of hands from a great sculptor which was weird and then he goes to the carnal house or the charnel house and uh acquires <laughs> some eyeballs from like this one guy who's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you won't find a better pair of eyes <laughs> God. So that happened. So he's got his parts. He's very excited. He's still, you know, he's not he's not fully there. He uh cuts the head back at the at the lab, he cuts the head off the robber, drops it in some acid. Um in the meantime, he he decides he's gonna hit the road uh to find a, a perfect genius brain. Mm-hmm. Uh but but first he needs to eat. And then there's some made business with Paul that I pay, I could not get, pay any attention to. Every time I watched it, I still don't know what was happening. I just, <laughs> I just put made business with Paul, and like that's enough. And then, yeah. and then Victor's cousin arrives, and now she's like a grown woman, but ha- still half his age. Um, and they're gonna get married. Okay, sure, that's no, that's fine. You're gonna marry your cousin. That. Perfectly normal. Okay, that that whole bit. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange, and it doesn't it doesn't carry over at all. And yeah, there were lots of lots of scenes, especially scenes with the maid, where I like had to go back and rewatch it because I had realized that I'd stopped paying attention. <laughs> I thought they were the same person at so many times, and then I was like, somebody said Justine at some point, and I was like, who the fuck is Justine? <laughs> And I was like, God damn it, does that mean I have to watch this again? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. The the scene with the puppy bothered me because there's there's a point at which it's obviously a puppet, and then there's another point at which it's obviously a puppy, but 
it looks like they actually anesthetized a puppy because there's a, a point at which they're like poking it and it's just like twitching uncomfortably. I'm like, oh no, what did they fucking do? Like it, it did not look good. Yeah, 1957, and that's anybody's guess. Yeah, yeah. They like I guess that could have actually been the puppy underwater and they're like, all right, yeah, and if you unsubmerge a puppy, then it'll struggle its way back to life, hopefully. We can all we've got more. It'll we've be got fun. plenty of puppies. We'll just keep rolling film. Eventually we'll yeah. get one take where one of them lives. Yeah. <laughs> that was Real uncomfortable. Uh, also, the the thing with the prosthetic head was censored out. Like, we get the implication that he cut off the head and put it. Like, he says that he dumped it in the acid, but we don't see it. It was originally in the movie, but then it was censored in England and censored in America. And then it just, that footage has gone away. All I saw was this gauze-wrapped head that he puts in the juice. Yeah. Is that, was that the same thing you saw? I don't know if there's different yeah. cuts. I, there was there was a, a better cut that was like considered too morbid. Damn. Wow. Okay. Well, anyways. But but a good thing but fortunately they kept all that shit in about Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. We really needed all of that Elizabeth stuff and Paul's complicated feelings about that little Elizabeth girl. <laughs> I could feel my brain just gushing out of my nose like a wa- like water. It was just like <laughs> Uh, so, uh, around this point, we've, you know, he's got the hands, he's got the eyeballs, uh, he's, he's super excited about all of the things, but we find out that Paul is not happy about all of this business. He's, in fact, getting quite uncomfortable, and he was like, well, what about the brain? He's like, oh, yeah, he's, I'm, I'm gonna go get a brain, don't you worry, God. <laughs> and, uh, um, <laughs> while... While Victor's off seeking brains, uh, Paul talks to Elizabeth about how he doesn't feel like she should be here at all and definitely doesn't think that she should have to marry Victor because arranged marriages are not dope at all. Uh -uh. Um, And uh, somewhere in there, we also find out that Victor has been fucking Justine because they get a smoochy scene against a, a staircase and it doesn't at all look like a... TV actress kissing some old 60-year-old dude. <laughs> nope. That's no. <clears throat> carrying on in the, the tradition of movies that we cover on Loathsome Things where an iconic horror actor uh, makes with the romance with a lady and it is so uncomfortable. <laughs> it really is. What? I, mean, I can't wait to see what Christopher Lee's going to do in some upcoming movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's real bad. And and we get the thing like she's like, oh, who's that Elizabeth? What is she doing here? When are we going to get married? And so that gives us a oh, he's a he's yeah, gross. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of awesome that they made him like a modern douche. Yeah, yeah. The most douchey modern man available in 18. You know, people in England in 1957 were like, man, that's believable. I'm not him. Oh, yeah. Not the maid? Oh, who hasn't fired a maid over something similar? (laughs) I've got three heads in the freezer right now. Oh, yeah. They're great heads. Honey, honey, come quick. He said gibbet. Victor ends up inviting some famously smart guy to visit his house and takes him up the staircase to show him Rembrandt's The Anatomy Lesson of Dr. Nicholas Tulp, which is a Rembrandt's most famous painting about uh, 
the the arm being cut open and the surgeon showing all of the musculature to people. Great. And then uh, pushes the dude off the staircase while like screaming something like, Oh, watch out. And, uh, and then we see the dude fall to his death. Super brutal scene too. Like the dude, yes. the, the stunt guy like lands skull, skull top of his head down on the ground and crumples like i don't know how they did that but it looked amazing i'm I'm telling you right now when they made that movie they started out with a bin full of puppies and a bin full of stunt dudes (laughs) and like that was puppy 37 and that was stunt dude nine because like (laughs) he was just like i should back up a little bit Uh, perhaps back oopsie daisy what has happened (laughs) and that guy just he falls like 10 15 feet on his skull yeah directly on his skull like you see his neck flop over it's yeah and and it, it the floor does not move it's not like he's landing on a cushion that's supposed to look like a floor or something like no no yeah it's there's... shot from overhead yeah there's i think that guy got hurt i think so too <laughs> I I would be willing to put money on that. Yeah, yeah. It's like Tubes from the Blind Dead, where they yoinked that lady off the horse, but like way more severe. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever ridden a horse? That's you're pretty far up there, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they did that. It's a great shot, though. I mean, if if it I is. was a a young piece of shit in 1957, I would have loved this movie. That was a great moment. I just I love he's like, oh, do you like this? Maybe it would look better if you backed up a bit. <laughs> and he's just like, and then there we go. I'm sorry, what happened? God, whoever that stunt guy is, I hope he's uh, he did okay until he died some years ago. <laughs> I mean, he he got it's on his tombstone. It says he got the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Always got the shot that one time. Uh, and then we find out that Victor, out of the kindness of his heart, allows the smart guy's body to be buried in his family's tomb in one of the few scenes in this movie that we get where the stage has any sort of, like, difference in elevation. Uh, it's like, it's, yeah. yeah. It's just so funny because, you know, as this plays out, there's all these moments where, like, he could have easily... I don't know. This movie's dumb. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we get we get a uh, hammer movery, heavenry movie uh, funeral, uh, you know, a nice hammer shot with like the mountain in the background and the funeral of, of that professor with the worst fucking accent I've ever heard. Oh, my God. <laughs> they the, never the entire... Oh, go ahead. Well, I think he's supposed to be German, but I was going to say the entire country of Germany probably just they were like. You know, like look, we're out of we're kind of down on our luck right now because of the whole World War II thing and yeah. stuff. But it, if if not, we we would be in World War Three right now over that. Character. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like never mind that he's a genius, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy was a genius. He got completely duped over the rail. Um, <laughs> they never explained so, what he was a genius about to. He was just like, oh, well, you know, too much time at the lab can be a bad thing, too. It's like, oh what? what is this guy genius about? Yeah, he was not particularly genius. No. Uh, so anyways, uh, uh, Frank promptly debrains him. And uh, Paul shows up and they have their little bitchy little fight with each other. Oh, it's going to do so bad. <laughs> it was, I, 
just couldn't stand it. And then uh, Paul storms off one of many times he storms off. He, he keeps storming off. I'll never see you again. And then like three minutes later, he's like, can I borrow your comb? <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, he comes back. <laughs> he never, that guy never leaves. Then he goes and he's like tattletales with Elizabeth about what's going on. Kind um, of, I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's weird. That sounded really cool. Oh. And then, uh, uh, she needs a tissue because she's just, <laughs> whatever, didn't care. So he, he's, we're back to Victor Frankenstein, Steinstein, Frankenstein. <laughs> he, he's prepping, he's prepping what is essentially the mummy in a milk tank. <laughs> it's like a giant, a giant aquarium, which, and, and once again, these, this, this show has brought on the weirdest parallels. The last movie, Aquarium. Oh, yeah. Girl dies in Aquarium. This one got Man Comes to Life in Aquarium. Could very well be the same Aquarium. I might as well. I might as well be. Yeah. Marcus Welby. Oh, uh, they did a great job of making the body float. Like, I guess they, yeah. it was just ultra salinated because it looked like an actual body when he lifts the arm, but it is just really mm-hmm. bobbing up on top. It is, but it's very bobby. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's got the mummy floating there. He starts twiddling and fondling his Kool-Aid beakers, and then he turns on the crackle wheel. And then <laughs> the whole time that thing is on is really annoying. Yes. Um, so we get all that, you know, he's trying to bring this thing to life. So he, yeah, whatever. Then we see Paul in his lovely satin robe in his room, where he's just kind of you know, pit, like pacing back and forth, he's very stressed out. We hear the, the the thunder sample, which repeats two or three times, exact same sound. <laughs> um, Victor, Victor, now he wants, even though that they've had this 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 falling out and nothing has been resolved, like the door was pretty much left wide shut. Yeah. Um, they, Victor, still wants his help, and and like he goes to ask his help, and then basically he's like, "Oh, you're helping." Like he doesn't. <laughs> it was so weird, and yeah. So then we hear glass break back in the lab, and Victor runs in. The they run in, and the the monster has gotten up, and uh, he, you know, you see this like mummy thing looking at him, and he reaches up, and apparently the gauze that was wrapped around his head was also cut in the shape of a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was able to just tear the part that covered his face off for <laughs> revealing paper mache, man. Like with that weird doughy white face. I mean, it's it's like so cheesy looking, but great at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it worked out in their favor. Uh, did you read about the, the makeup effects? Uh-uh. Okay. So they were going to have like latex or whatever and be able to reapply it each time. But then they figured out that it didn't work like hours before it was time to start filming. And so the makeup guy literally did. Yeah, he used basically paper mache and had to reapply, like start over from scratch each day, which is like why it worked in their favor that they kept doing more brain surgery on this guy. So like each time it got to be a little different. That's great because he, I mean, he didn't, 
you know, he didn't look like an actual dead person, but he did look pretty creepy, very ghoulish. Yeah. And he had that, he had that one cloudy eye, which was a really cool touch. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was good. And also I like where his, uh, the cut seams are and there's that little line of like Mm -hmm. red blood shining out of there. It's like, yes, yes. Very good. I mean, Hollywood has really not taken advantage of the, the, the uh, contact lens thing, uh, other than maybe the last 10 or 15 years, you you see a lot of contact lens use, like the famous one that, that looks bloody where the white part is. You see those a lot now because they it's a very effective and cheap thing, you know, but for some reason it took them forever to figure that out. They were doing more like Passion of the Christ, where it's <laughs> like, I oh, will just go in and digitally make his eyes look like carrots. It'll be fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. So putty face, cloudy eye strangles or is strangling Victor. <laughs> Paul, Paul intervenes and then Paul fucks off again. Yeah. Cause he's not feeling it. Oh, are you okay? Fuck you. I'm leaving. Exit <laughs> stage left. <laughs> I will see you in 40 seconds. <laughs> the next, the next morning, the monster escapes. Oh no. And, and Vic, and Paul, who wasn't feeling it and was going to leave, this is the second time now, is still there, so they give chase yep. with a sh- with a shotgun. In the Bertie Fogwoods, uh, there's a blind grandpa and his boy. <laughs> it, is, it is the Bertie Fogwoods. <laughs> a, a, a really badly overacted grandpa who's bl- blind and his, his grand, grandson are going on a hike. Grandpa sits down because he's tired. The boy runs off. The man thinks that the boy has come back because apparently now he thinks the boy is nine feet tall and weighs 800 pounds. And it's, of course, the monster who is wearing a delightful double-breasted peacoat. And uh, he he completely fucks Grandpa up. Grandpa, like, picks up his walking stick and is like... (gasps) And then the the creature like takes it and breaks it in half. <laughs> and then grandpa's on the ground. And as the monster gets closer, his scream gets louder. And I'm like, wait, I thought you were blind, dude. Like what? <laughs> Apparently he was so scared. He could see again, just long enough to be murdered by the monster. <laughs> uh, I loved that. This is another entry into the, uh, um, peasant with a shitty backpack full of twigs just like in Hagazusa. I don't know why movies always depict shitty European peasants with backpacks full of twigs but they're all over the place dude it's because classism is so alive and well in Europe I mean it's, it's just that never went away that sense of like I'm better than you because my bag has no sticks in it <laughs> Look at this crap-filled peasant. He has a ba- a bag full of sticks and his one very special stick. Oh, is that a longer stick you have? My, that stick looks expensive. It's almost the height of you and would be a slightly more difficult to break in half. That's why Frank Frankenstein breaks it or the monster breaks it because he's she's telling him you're a peasant. <laughs> Die under my heel, peasant. <laughs> so Victor and Victor and Paul are still meandering through the woods trying to find the monster. Oh, how will they ever find him? Oh, good. He just walks out of the woods. 
Sal shoots him in his bad eye. <laughs> Perfect shot, right in the eye. He shoots him, looks like he's fine, and then he falls to the ground. Apparently, he's dead. Damn. So it's like, okay, great. Um, and I love this where Peter Cushing goes, you shot well. <laughs> <laughs> Which I swear he probably did that to be a smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then they, they, they cut the next the next scene is them like tamping down the dirt on the mound where they've buried the monster. And Victor is upset now because Paul shot his monster. So they go back to the castle. Paul visits Frank once again. Yeah. And uh to to let him know he's leaving. <laughs> yeah, right. Peace. I just can't quit you. <laughs> they act, they act like bitches once again, and then Paul leaves. Uh, while all that's happening, apparently the uh, Frank. Well, not while all that's happening, but then we see back in the lab that that Victor has exhumed the monster, apparently cleaned him off very well, and gaffed him up, hanging like fifteen feet in the air. That was pretty cool looking. Yeah. Um, it was a great shot. Um, I called it, he was gaffed from the super goth rafters. Nice. <laughs> and he says, I'll give you life again. <clears throat> but with a much higher pitched voice. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, bickers with Justine. Uh, th- this part, this is where I was totally lost. And I, I, I had to read synopsis about it. I had to like go to fucking Wikipedia. It, people, various people got it wrong. I clearly was the only one who had no idea what was happening. <laughs> so so basically, essentially, Victor and Justine are bickering because he's had convinced her. She's a chambermaid. Yeah. He had convinced her that, you know, she's going to marry him. He knocked her up, um, you know, and he then he laughs in her face when he finds out she's, she's pregnant. He tells her, you know, yes, I'm, I'm marrying Elizabeth, my regular maid. That's what threw me. Maid. And Justine is his chambermaid. Because she calls her a... a, a Justine refers it? to her as a maid, which would explain why she has that stupid bonnet and apron thing that she wears around sometimes, Elizabeth. I think she's... Is that what's going on? That, that was, that's what I took from that. I don't... If I'm wrong, I'm, I could be wrong, because, it again, it made no fucking sense. All I know is Justine was extremely jealous, and so he mocks her, and then she goes to I'm going to I'm going to turn you in and she goes into the lab and you know of course the monster kills her immediately and uh so that's good infanticide is in this movie that's good um <clears throat> yeah so that was you know there you go I I got through that and then the rest of the movie was smooth sailing for me because I was just like okay there's only one lady left and her name is Elizabeth so no matter what happens I know that that's we Elizabeth <laughs> But then it does get a little bit more confusing because then we get to the wedding. Mm-hmm. We we find out that uh, that Elizabeth invited Paul and it's like, oh, tension around all that because he, you know, he left again. Um, and then we get a scene. It's the wedding. Paul's not there. But we get a shot of some guy at the punch bowl and he's practicing his speech congratulating everyone and with each congratulations he takes another sip from his punch bowl cup and then keeps refilling it and coming up with more people to congratulate and and then his wife comes and tells him what what are you doing stop that we're getting out of here 
and, and then that never comes back into play. It was just like, let's get a joke about alcoholism in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little side thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very strange. But, um, and then it goes on. It turns out that Paul shows up. Elizabeth's like, we thought you weren't coming, but no one else is there. So it's obvious that he did not, in fact, come <laughs> at the right time. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, he's there now, and Victor is excited because Victor wants to show him something. Ooh. Um, so Victor and Paul go into the lab. We, he sees that the whole thing, he's been doing the stuff again. It's whatever. He confronts Victor, and he says something to the effect of, I will see that you pay for these atrocities. <laughs> and while Paul and Victor are arguing, we see Elizabeth just kind of wandering around aimlessly because she's an NPC and whenever Victor's not around, she doesn't have anything to do except bump into walls. <laughs> and so uh, while while she's bumping into walls, we see that the creature breaks free and starts lurking on her and peeking at her through windows and shit. And then randomly, while Paul and Victor are arguing outside, they look up and they see... So the monster just like on a balcony or something and they're like oh no and uh and victor's like paul quickly we must go help this situation or something and paul's like fuck you dude i'm gonna go get the police and so paul gets out of there victor runs out of breath very quickly while while shimmying around the castle looking for his double-barreled pistola, <laughs> which he, he grabs and then like must grab onto his chest and, and his little his little pocket watch <laughs> chain out of breathlessness while ascending a flight of stairs. And uh, he finds Elizabeth moments before the monster reaches from behind and like grabs her. And so Victor shoots the pistol right on into Elizabeth's chest uh, and then shoots it again. Cause it's a double barreler and also manages to hit the creature in like the shoulder wings him. And uh, uh, Elizabeth collapses, almost falling over the edge of a balcony. And the creature is like, <laughs> and comes after comes after Victor Frankenstein who now has an empty gun that he flings like get out of here and uh, the thing keeps coming and so all he's got left is his little oil lamp that's lit and he throws it and we see it catch the chains on fire and slowly but surely the enormous Christopher Lee monster goes up in flames and then he falls through a a moon window um, and uh, into a tank of fire extinguishing water below and is no more. Okay, that's that apparently turns out to be really easy to kill the recently dead monster. Yeah, and apparently all you needed to do was increase his internal body temperature by like one degree and then he's kaput. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... We return to the frame narrative where uh, where Victor is telling the priest the story. He's like, I was ruined. My grand experiment was ruined. And then we find out that Paul is there to see Victor. And he comes in and pretends that there was no creature and that it was simply Victor who killed Justine. 
and uh, blah, blah, blah. Paul ends up leaving with Elizabeth, who is there, which we never find out if Victor thinks that Elizabeth is dead or alive or whatever. But we certainly get the impression that Paul and Elizabeth be fucking. Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. He's like, I remember that one time when I met you as a little girl and look at me now. And she, of course, inherits everything, doesn't she? Oh, I bet you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah she, just because she's married to it. They're just hitting it all over the lab. <laughs> Man, one day of married to Victor, and it was time to cash in. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, we see Victor led away uh, by the guards. He's very despondent, and we can see this great shot in the background of them raising the blade of a guillotine. And then the end credits roll with that guillotine with the blade raised all the way to the top. And at no point during the closing credits does the guillotine descend. No. Which, big, big missed opportunity there. Big missed opportunity. You know every single person that went to see that movie in the theater watched that and didn't read yeah. a single credit. Because they were just yeah. waiting for that blade. Because that's exactly what I did. I waited for that blade to fall. Never fell. No. Nope. That was Hammer's way of saying, fuck you. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, movie over. Movie over. It was uh it was interesting. I one of the things that's cool about this movie is that I was thinking about it just a minute ago, is that <clears throat> when you compare the Hammer movies to the Universal movies, it's really like a role reversal thing because there's always been this perception that we're like the, you know, the hillbilly stepchild of of England because we are yeah. and we literally are if you go to Appalachia and so you know it's like <laughs> hammer hammer is like the kind of movie that you would think Americans would be making like in in the 50s and 60s like these lurid you know like maybe not the gothic part so much but like the overly you know colorful and just you know overdone and then universal movies are kind of they're kind of classy you know they're uh, Frankenstein is a legitimately good movie, and mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, what's his nuts that made uh, Dracula is, is super talented. He's the guy that did Freaks and uh, Todd Browning. Yeah, those are good movies, and uh, this movie is entertaining. But I wouldn't. Yeah. It's certainly not. You know, it's not like you know Frankenstein was okay, but I'm so glad they made this because this really, even though it really did add. You know, in a lot of ways, like, yeah, I guess Universal kind of laid the groundwork for modern horror, even though it really didn't define it so much. But it was more defined by things like Hammer. And I guess if you think about, like, British culture, you know, th th we always think of Britain as this, like, really stuffy place. But, you know, when you repress people, you get, you know, people, be they have desire for weird, lurid shit. And yeah. You know, like you get you get stuff like Hammer, basically. I'm sure they ate that stuff up. Like you said, it was really popular. Yeah, yeah, hugely popular. Like big, big financial windfall. Like it was just great on all fronts. And and yeah, you're right. It's this this movie is kind of shitty, but it it really like catches your attention in ways, and and it it really is like that that American flip on it. But I I love what it did for horror movies in that it was like. This is kind of like where it was like, oh, you can make a, 
a, a shitty cheap horror movie and also it's gonna be awesome like like this is why we have texas chainsaw massacre and so many other great classics where they weren't shooting for high cinema they were they were just like oh yeah let's let's make a, a real trashy piece of shit that's awesome yeah that's true i mean it, it yeah it really did really did kind of profoundly change the genre and you know or at least it was part of a series of movies that did for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think I think arguably this one did because, you know, this was like their first big color smash anyway, to put it that yeah. way. And, uh, you know, that that image of Christopher Lee with the makeup is pretty iconic. Uh, you know, not it's not up there like with the very, very tip top. But I mean, anybody who's into horror movies, even if you haven't seen this movie like I hadn't before we did it, uh, I was familiar, you know, with that look. I was always like, well, that's kind of cool. And I was assumed yeah. it was in, when I found out it was 57, I was actually pretty shocked. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, yeah. kudos for all that. Yeah. Great, great work on that stuff. Just, uh, oh man, so boring. So boring. And in 20 years, Star Wars came out. Yes. <laughs> like that's where film went in 20 years is incredible. Yeah. Well, to be fair, film was already way better than this yeah. when this movie came out. Like, I think Hitchcock was already making movies, and and like, there, like, this was like, I want around twenty years after Gone with the Wind. Like, it, yeah. it this movie only pushed one boundary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it did it in a great way. Um, yeah. I ended up giving this movie a 3.8 out of 5 loathsome things almost entirely for the the like impact that it had on the genre and also it's Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing it's it's the the start of so much great stuff so most of it is most of those points are are purely for that and and for the impact that it had on horror and not actually for the movie itself yeah that that's understandable I, 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 I don't know. I went all over the place with this movie. It's this yeah. is honestly. I think of all the movies that we've watched, uh, um, other than you know the the ones that we've just eviscerated. I guess you know, um, <laughs> this this probably ranks as the least enjoyable movie that I've watched that that so far in the show. Uh, I've liked all of them really, even the bad ones I've liked, and I mean I did like this one too. It's not like. I gave it a three, so it's like I didn't. Yeah, I it, you know I it, it's I definitely enjoyed it, and I I don't absolutely recommend it. Um, and it does have stuff in there that is good, uh, but overall, it's yeah, it's pretty boring. <laughs> it's really boring. <laughs> it's it's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you cut out all of the parts of them, like just moving around the set quietly. Uh, except for their footsteps, you could probably turn this into a really good, like, 55-minute-long episode of, like, Masters of Horror or the Cabinet of Curiosities, you know, something like that. Like, if you just got rid of the cruft, it would be great. I felt like it was riffing a lot on just kind of character dramas that were probably really popular on the BBC and, you know, like, just just crappy like soap opera e type stuff that that's pretty much where that movie was going throw yeah. in some goth and gore and and you know you've got yourself a movement yeah yeah a yeah. bowel you've movement got, <laughs> you've got yourself a successful movie company for like i guess 
maybe like 20 years, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's apparently still around. Oh, for real? Nice. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Huh. I, something like that. But anyways, it was, you know, I enjoyed it. it I, and I'm totally glad we covered it. It was definitely fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally great. Uh, love. It was easy to forget that that's Christopher Lee behind all that schnoz. But but it was like every once in a while, I was like, man, that guy's just fucking awesome. <laughs> he really looked great. And, and he really he really did look sharp in his pea coat. I was impressed with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he can host the family feud like that. It's like, I'm a crazy murderer, but first I must put on this lovely jacket with double-breasted <laughs> buttons. <laughs> and I really love the way that they changed his makeup. Like, whenever Paul comes back and sees him and he's done brain surgery on the guy again, and now he's got, like, a big chunk of hair missing, and he's just like, yeah, Arr! it's like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. That was really cool, and... <laughs> I guess I had to I had to read this to kind of pick up on it. I guess even though I saw it and was aware of it, but apparently the reason why the whole thing failed, or at least one of the, I guess this is the reason why, is because they had the power surge because of the lightning, and so he got extra Doctor Frankenstein, and that's why it must have fried out his genius brain and turned him into some sort of monster. Oh, I thought it was because whenever Victor went down there to get the brain, Paul was like, no, and pushed it, and it smashed into glass, and his, his brain Maybe got all that. scrambled. I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't know. it doesn't matter, yeah, it but doesn't obviously, because I, I, I was like, okay, <laughs> he kept talking about this beautiful physical specimen, which he just looked like Chris Novoselic, and then, like, you know, like, he has a genius brain, which I was like, what the, f okay, he wasn't a genius to begin with, and then... Whatever. And and then beautiful, yeah. wonderful hands. Now that paid off because he clearly was able to button that peacoat perfect. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. That button job was, was Oh, great. yeah. At no point, like, he'd never slipped on a button. Just boom, 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 boom. Perfectly just like done. that. Pow. Yeah. He just, he was yeah. so strong and graceful that he could just tear his gauze mask off. Whoop! Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's beautiful hands yeah uh, i wanted to mention in addition to not being afraid to watch people walk across a room uh this movie also it, we've got a lot of fish tanks in here this movie is not afraid to watch a fish tank drain at the rate that a fish tank actually drains <laughs> yes it, it, yeah. so slow just, you're not sure if it's actually draining <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, good, good. I'm glad we've made progress on this drain. <laughs> that was the first, the first time that happened. I'm like, why are we all standing here? Everybody's just kind of standing, <laughs> looking at this. Oh, wait. Oh, I think the level's going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's at the speed at which Gatorade is dispensed from a giant cooler. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Fuck that. All right, so other movies. Oh, yeah, that's a 6.8 out of 10. We've got we've got a few minutes to talk about other movies. We're going over an hour, but fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, well, I saw Stinker Kralink. Uh, yeah, Skinnamarink. Uh, saw Skinnamarink, and I, I, I loved it. It uh, It's very creepy, and um, I would uh, highly recommend watching it. It's... it's not a lot happens. I don't want to say much about it because I think it's it's better to go in cold. Uh, I went in pretty cold, and I think that helped a lot. Uh, it's it's not like it's hard to follow. There's, I mean, I guess you could say it is because it's not a standard kind of narrative, but 
uh, it's it's very disturbing, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, that was the big, that was my big horror watch. Uh, I've been reading some horror fiction, but I haven't I haven't completed anything. So I don't know. What about you? Um, well, I we. That was in theaters. There was also uh, the one that I ended up going to see because Melanie was willing to see it and not not super into Skin and Rink because it looked spooky on the trailer. Um, we ended up seeing Megan, mm-hmm. the uh, the James Wan and Blumhouse movie mm-hmm. about a, a murder doll. It, it's pretty good. I've heard it's actually pretty entertaining. It's got a very strong sci-fi element to it, yeah. which they they don't hammer on because it's a horror movie. So, like, where they could have taken it in a, like, AI slash Bicentennial Man slash uh, iRobot direction, mm-hmm. they really just were like, no, 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 this is a horror movie. We're gonna do this thing. So, like, at a certain point in the movie, it kind of veers off into, well, that's a little absurd, but whatever. Uh, but it, it was it was honestly very enjoyable and good. Wow, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to the sequel. Oh, of course they set that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, already there. I'm sure it's gonna be spelled like Megan, but instead of a three, now it's a two for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also finally watched Prisoners ah. at your recommendation. Did you enjoy it? No, fuck that movie, actually. You didn't like it? <laughs> Are you familiar with the term dad porn? Uh, no, but I, I kind of know where you're going with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very that. It, it was a good movie. I, I actually did enjoy it, but it was it was so strongly dad porn, like Taken, where, you know, you have to go rescue your abducted uh, daughter. That, yeah. Uh, but but this one takes it in the other direction of you. You're not an action hero. What you have to do is you have to uh, torture a a person with limited mental capabilities because you think they took your daughter. But you're never really sure. But that was, yeah. that's what I liked about it. Like he was savage with that guy. And they, they, they went way over the top as far as depicting, you know, the abuse that he gave that dude. And at no point was he ever, they made it very clear at no point was he ever sure that this was the right guy. Which was yeah. wonderful. I thought that was yeah. that's pure horror movie fodder. Yeah, the movie's the movie's completely is silly. Um, yeah, but I actually like that for the you know for the same reason you didn't like it, which I totally get. No, it was good. There, there, it was there were problems, but it was it was good. I liked that. Um, he's like, all right, well, I'm such a masculine man that I'm not going to tell my wife that I'm torturing this this guy but what i am gonna do is i'm going to loop in my uh next door neighbor whose daughter was also abducted uh he's black um and then uh i'm gonna tell him we have to do this together get him involved then he's gonna pussy out tell his wife about it and then she's gonna be the badass of that family and like continue up the torture and stuff it's just a whole thing also so it so it's Hugh Jackman who he did a great job in it like yeah. he was perfectly believable. I didn't and like him Jake, in it. Well, I mean it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugh Hugh Janus. There was also Jake Gyllenhaal as the super creepy uh, uh, police officer with the Freemason ring and like all of the shitty finger tattoos. Did a great job in it, but. Every once in a while, you had a scene with it's just the two of them talking to each other, and that was the worst shit. Whenever both of them were like, no, look at me. No, look at me. 
no look at me like fuck every scene in that movie with just the two of them because they were terrible together that's a hundred percent fair and accurate yeah um i i think i think the reason why i liked it so much is because that's the kind of movie that if i just saw it you know apparently this happened to me a thousand times i just saw it and was like I'm not, I don't know what the fuck is that. It just went on, you know, like it never even caught my attention. And the only reason I watched it was because my daughter was like, how does it sound like a good one? So we watched, um, <laughs> so we watched it and I was like, oh, this is actually really sick. This movie is demented, you know, and I, it is. And I guess if I had gone into it expecting it to be good, I probably would have had the exact same reaction you did, even though I probably, I would have, I liked the, I liked the excessive <laughs> dad board part, but <laughs> but, but yeah, I totally agree. But I'm like, I'm not a. I like Hugh Jackman. Okay, as a person, he's whatever. He seems like yeah. a nice enough dude. But um, he sucks in this movie. Like he's just too. And it's not even his fault. I think it's exactly what they wanted him to be. Um, but it just was his character was such an asshole. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't feel for this guy at all. Like at no point, you know. I mean, like, they, the whole idea was to say, okay, this guy's gone overboard, but, yeah, okay, he's gone overboard, but at no point did he ever stop and think, okay, that's, you know, that's probably enough, you know? Yeah. I don't need to build a, a, a wooden cage around the, the bathtub with, like, an air hole and then, you know, tor- torture him with cold water. Because, like, when you see his face the next day after he's been beaten, whew. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. Yeah, that that part of it was rough. It was it was a great set too, like like that that creepy abandoned uh, I guess apartment building. It was there was a lot of great things in that movie, a, a lot of really cool stuff. It was just at times I was like, I don't fucking care. And also, I thought that the ending was stupid as fuck. I really, I really hated all of that. The whole thing with the whistle felt really contrived. It was. Uh, yeah. And uh, th- I don't know. I I also thought Dune Part 1 was boring as shit. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah, I've just, I guess I'm not a Denis guy. Yeah, um, there could be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were parts of the first Dune movie that were good, but like, then there were battle sequences where it was obvious that no one gave a shit that a battle was happening. But it it, it was good. It was the drippiest I've ever seen Hugh Jackman, <laughs> including in movies where like his thing is that he like raw pulls up out of a tank of like viscous fluid. He's even drippier than that in this movie. <laughs> It's true. And it, Paul Dano's great, as always. Who's Paul Dano? The, the guy who's getting tortured throughout the film. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. That dude is awesome. Yeah. Please. I was like, I think I've seen him before. He's the Riddler in the latest Batman movie. Holy shit, really? Mm-hmm. I just watched that and I have no recollection of that. He, they play him like he's the Zodiac killer, almost. He's the one that, yeah, he's this... Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, the kind of the way it ends with him, his character's a little weird, but he was good in that, too. I like him a yeah. lot. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mixed mixed review on Prisoners. Um, there's some real shitty-looking movies coming out. Uh, that M. Night Shyamalan movie about the family that has to sacrifice one of them in order to save the world, that movie can 
instantly go eat its own ass. Yeah, Fuck that, that movie. Not only that, but that movie's based on a novel, and they give no credit to the author for using his story. And he's a well-known author. Like he's he's kind of like the 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 new mainstream like horror author guy from the U.S. He's kind of the guy right now. And I read that book, and it's it's okay. But I thought it was shitty that they didn't give him credit for it. Like, it's probably in some micro-credit somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they just, they're like, And now, from the mind of M. Night Shyamalan. Like, fr- from from the author, Keevan Sting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will not be watching that movie. It looks like shit. It looks, it's so much garbage. I'm not, not excited about that at all. There was, um... There is, uh, I will say, I thought I was done with the Marvel superhero movies because all of it has been very shitty lately. But uh, the the new Ant-Man, which has never been one that I've been interested in at all, uh, looked actually really good in the trailer. I was like, oh, that's neat. Wow. They shrink down to the quantum level, and it turns out that the quantum level is full of, like, humanoid-shaped weird little guys. So Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll but, uh, probably see it. I've... I've never really cared for any of those movies. I've seen all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, every once in a while, there's one that's like this huge, awesome surprise, like that first Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, but most of them are just just shit. But was it the second Thor, the Taika Waititi one? That was pretty good. Yeah, that one was good. <laughs> then the one that came after it was... Yeah, that's kind of shitty. They they had one cool thing where, like, the soldiers of the god realm, instead of having red blood, they bleed gold fluid. I was like, that's fucking tight. Mm-hmm. Everything else in that movie was pretty garbage. And I don't remember, what movie was, was Fat Thor in? Because Fat Thor is awesome. Fat Thor was, I think that was in one of the, like, av- like Avengers Endgame or something. Is yeah, that what Fat was? Thor was great. Fat yeah. Thor was great. And have you seen... Uh, just to switch real quick, that you know that game series God of War. Have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen the any of the cut footage from the latest version? Because it takes place in Asgard, and oh no, there's a big scene where he fights Thor. Thor is like nine feet tall, and he weighs about seven hundred pounds. Like he's just nice, fat, and hairy, and disgusting. It's amazing. That sounds awesome. It's really cool. <laughs> Uh, I, I've never, I, I've never gotten into those games. Like Shadow of the Colossus was cool, but all mm-hmm. of the like chain combo fight and like go up a thing and and now hit the pedal fifty times real fast to do the thing. That's that's never been my jam. But I'm also a PC gamer, and that's very consoley. Yeah, that's not my. That's really not my jam either. My son showed it to me, but I was like, the cutscenes were great. Yeah, yeah. it it it, it I. At no point watching the cutscene thought, I want to play this game. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's really cool. Don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the Last of Us, the series or movie or whatever, it looks cool. It's like It starts tonight, I think. Um, okay. That's why my daughters came over, because she wants to see it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that looks good. Uh, I still haven't played the game, but I definitely need to. And uh, all of the reviews that I've heard said, it's good. Maybe it's missing something, a little je ne sais quoi, but it's good. As far as play, like gameplay goes, it's not that interesting. It's, you know, it's just an adventure survival game uh, like any other. 
but the story's cool and and just kind of following like the premise and stuff makes it fun that, that yeah. I really enjoyed it for that reason I didn't you know as far as it just being a game it wasn't you know it was just a game yeah yeah I'm I'm one of those two. Like anytime I play a story, uh, a, a video game that's like very st- story heavy, I like instantly go in and set it all the way down to easy because I do not give a shit about that game. Oh game. yeah, oh I always go for easy. I don't give a shit. I just want it to be entertaining. I, I mean, what do I have to prove? I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, guess what? I can push this button a hundred times in a quarter second. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck all of that. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and I watched for the first time ever. I watched uh, the movie that we're going to be reviewing in two weeks. We won't say it here. Don't spoil anything. But fuck yeah, that movie's awesome. Isn't it amazing? That is crazy. I've I had been re- when I first saw it. I had been reading it, and I won't give it away either. Yeah, but I had been reading about it. I don't remember where, but you know, it just showed up somewhere, and you know, I was like, "What? I've never heard of this." this movie you know and uh i found it on line was just lingering somewhere and yeah. <laughs> uh so i watched it and i was just like what this movie is amazing if if this movie gets out like the, to the right people it's going to become a smash and that's pretty kind of pretty much kind of what's happening now yeah <clears throat> people are really yeah. starting to come around like what well, this movie's crazy yeah, yeah. I don't know how this movie like got buried for so long, but but it's awesome. I, and I think one of the reasons that we started talking about it was a while back on that same place yeah. where you can find a movie on the internet. Um, there was uh, a movie that came out with like a semi similar thing yeah. going on that wasn't as good, yeah. and you were like, "Oh yeah, this movie reminds me of you know." And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And uh, and then now, yeah, fuck, it's, it's, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for two weeks from today, folks, when y'all will listen to us review uh, something really special. Yeah, a Pantheon movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, John, anything else? Any last bits that we need to go over before we let our, let our fellow friends and listeners go about their biz day? No, like you always say, go watch horror movies. Yep, and like you always say, I'm sorry you have to die. Yeah. <laughs>